2: Welcome to the Olivia Fox Podcast. I am Olivia Fox. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode. You know I say it each and every week. Tell a friend to tell a friend. This is where we are. And we're having conversations that connect us. Insightful, informative, entertaining, enlightening. This is what I do. And with that, tonight, today, on this show, We're going to be talking to a gentleman who has many talents. First and foremost, he is a world-renowned voice actor. I mean, the man got some pipes, y'all. The man has pipes. And you probably have heard him and didn't even know it. He is a world traveler, which I can't wait to get into because, you know, traveling is my passion. I just don't have the funds for it, but I still have that passion. And he is an author of a book. I'm telling you, you guys... This conversation needs to be had, and I don't think people are talking about it enough, and it's familiar to me, but for many, it may not be. So we're going to get into it. Please welcome to the Olivia Fox podcast, Dane Reed. Hello.
1: Hey, Olivia. Thank you for um, welcoming me on on your show. And that introduction was incredible. I don't think I could have done it better myself.
2: You know, you can pay me and I can be your your hype man. (laughs) (laughs) if you ever need my services
1: okay i'll remember that first
2: and foremost thank you so much because i know you're a busy man i know you're a traveling man and let me just tell you why you caught my eye why i was like you know what i gotta get this brother on because the conversation that you talk about I think is something that we don't hear a whole lot about. And people are like, well, Olivia, what you talking about? What you talking about? This gentleman has wrote a book called Forget Having Kids, I'm Having Fun. And he's got the O-O-R-G-E-T kind of crossed out. So it's kind of like F having kids. (laughs) And I just don't think we talk about that a lot with our black men. I've got three older brothers, two of which do not have children. And so I thought it would be interesting to talk to you. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, like I said, you did a really great job of introducing me. So I am a um, a native of New York City. Um, I moved down to Atlanta and um, I started having fun down here in Atlanta. And, um, and, it, and the fun hasn't stopped. I, I went to college here um, and I use this as my jumping point for all of my international and domestic um, endeavors and adventures, and so to this date, I've been to 44 countries, uh, 44 states. I'm gonna finish out the states by next year sometime. I have six left, and um, I'm a professional voice actor, so I take my microphone wherever I go, I record I've recorded all around the world and my voice has been all around the world in more places than I've been actually. And um and I'm having a lot of fun and um it's one of those things where when you're enjoying your life, you don't want to change it. Right? You know the old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right? Sometimes sometimes the fix to something that's not broke is breaking it. And so, <laughs> I'm that guy that is I'm good. Thank you.
2: (laughs) You live in your life, your best life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? You know, there's so many ways I could go. I'm just, I'm hype about this and trying to get into it. (laughs) So first of all, handsome, professional, successful black man. When you meet folks, even, even if it's females or work, when you tell people, Hey, I don't have any kids what is the first response that you hear most often?
1: You know, it depends on the audience. It depends on who I'm speaking to. I have learned throughout this time and having this book that that there are different people who respond differently. So uh, women often respond positively about this. Really? Yeah men of a certain age, especially, generally my generation, uh, people who are in their 40s and older, often respond in a very combative way. And interestingly, because I've done a lot of research on this, some of this research is in the book, what it comes down to is women are the people who are the primary day-to-day caretakers of children. They understand the sacrifices, the stresses, everything that comes with dealing with kids. Whereas men, we often have a different role. Our role is either the worker or the disciplinarian, or it's another role, but it's not the role of... Johnny jumping on the kitchen table and jumping off of it, right? And and breaking his arm and having to go to the hospital. Ah, all right. So like dad comes home or dad's not even in the house and he hears about it later, right? So it's often women who are either sympathetic or empathetic to the idea of, yeah, don't have kids. So a lot of even... A lot of women who have had kids have responded to my book in a way it's like, yeah, I wish somebody had told me 10 years ago or 15 years ago, you know, (laughs) whereas when I talk to guys, they're so wrapped up in this idea that I got to leave a legacy. I got to leave something behind, you know, Um, that they don't understand the nuances of one what life means what does life mean for the child that you're bringing in into the world what does that they don't understand what it means for the woman who they want to impregnate and have this child for so you know everything is wrapped up in this this idea or this theory without deep consideration for what happens for the other people once the child is born? So, you know, that young people, especially, I will tell you this young people, especially, get it. Um, The younger you are, the more you are likely to say, Yeah, listen, I was a badass kid. I, I don't want anybody to put me through that. <laughs> you know? And so, one of the chapters, one of the first chapters in my book, I talk about what a badass kid I was, right. And I don't want to deal with that, you know, (laughs) like, the, the chapter is called there's nothing a kid can't break. Right. And if it was in my house, I broke it, you know, and my parents had to pay for it, they had to replace it, or just forget about it. Not my problem. You know, and I'm not going to have it be my problem in the future either.
0: (laughs) So what do you
2: say to people? Now, this is not my thought because I'm like, okay, brother, you live in life. Good for you. But what about those people that come up with, oh, man, that's selfish. Oh, man, you know, you you living about yourself. You get sick. That whole thing. You get sick. Who's going to take care of you? What is your response to that after writing this book? Forget having kids. I'm having fun
1: so th- you brought up two points. The first point was selfishness. There's nothing more selfish than having a child because you're the one who says, when, when you think about having a child, you never mention the child. You always mention your desire to have, I want a child. I want a legacy, right? Um, mm-hmm. If something happens to the child, the child is the one that has to suffer, not you. You're suffering maybe emotionally, but when that kid has cancer or something or or someone's bullying them in school, you're not the one who's suffering that. They are. So you, you're the one who put that on them because you wanted children. See, Ooh. when you have children, it always starts with the word I. And I is the most selfish word in any language, it never starts with they want, cause they can't want, you know, we're all involuntarily dragged into this life. Mm. And for most of us, we love it or we adjust to it, right? But there are also 50,000 last year actually set the record for the number of suicides mm. in America. Mm. That meant 50,000 people said, yeah, you know what? My parents were wrong, right? Damn. So that's your, that's to your first point. To your second point about taking care of of someone. Listen, let's be honest, right? We don't live in the kind of old school family structures that we used to, that's right? When children that's when children grow old, uh, grow older, they adopt their own lives. My grandmother had nine children. Only one of them took care of her through his nine through her 90s. That one child had to give up his entire life and is in his 70s. So he never married. So who's going to take care of him? In order for him to have someone to take care of him, he's going to have to live through his 90s and have a child right now. Because... He gave up his life, like everyone says. You know, who's going to take care of you? It was him. The other brothers and sisters, they had children. They got married. They moved to other states or whatever, whatever. And they they didn't take care of my grandmother. So this idea that we're, you know, oh, someone's going to take care of you. You know, no, it's not true. I, I make this joke in the book. That you, you know, it cost about three hundred thousand dollars to raise a kid, right, from yep. age zero to eight. That's before college, right? So, you you spend three hundred thousand dollars on this little kid, this little rug rat who might not <laughs> who might not drive three hundred miles to see you in the nursing home. <laughs> You know, like, we, we have to be more thoughtful and intellectual instead of emotional and just throw out things. Who's going to take care of you? So fortunately for me, I've done a lot of research on this. Um, and most people do not take care of their children, their parents, when they get older. They don't take care of them financially. They don't take care of them emotionally um, if you do some research on nursing homes, very few I think it's like maybe 15% of people in nursing homes get regular visits from their kids right? So who's gonna take care of you? like get over that idea it's it's um, it's not accurate it's it's wrong, right The smartest thing that you can do and what they found about seniors is that, If you want to live long and you want to live happy, then you form a community, mostly of people who are your age or people who have things in common with you and you form bonds of friendships and people who have friendships are the people who live the longest and the happiest, not children. Children, it doesn't matter. Get you some friends and you'll be happy.
2: There might be some. I got a lot of friends. I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: I got a lot of friends. You
2: must. Because you know as you a lot get older, you, you don't have a, a lot of opportunity to meet people that have things in common with you unless, you know, you're involved in a fraternity, sorority, social group. Um, but a lot of people meet their friends through raising their children. Surprise, surprise.
1: So meet friends different ways. I'm
2: sorry. A lot of people so, meet friends. In
1: different ways. I'm, sorry, people meet, I'm sorry. So a lot of people meet friends in different ways. Work is a very common way to meet friends. Uh, raising children is one way, but work is one way. Uh, activities that you do. I meet a ton of people. I have friends literally all over the world. Like literally all over the world. You want to go to Thailand? I can call up a friend and say, hey, Olivia's coming to Thailand, you know, show her, you know, a good time. Sawadee and and, and cup, coop cup and all of that stuff, right? Like, I got, I, I got homies everywhere, You got homies okay? in London? Um,
2: you got homies in London? In London.
1: I, got homies, I got homies in London.
2: Well, we gonna talk. If you
1: need some hookups, come on, man, I got you. You got me? I got you, don't worry about it. I got you. <laughs> so there there are a lot of different ways that we make friends and one the reason why there's a perception that you meet friends through raising kids because they also have kids is because that comes from people who have kids who because they have kids they don't have a lot of other social activities to do right so the only thing that you can do is bond with people who are also kind of mixed up and bonded by this one thing, but people without kids, we have a ton of interest and we have a ton of things that we do all the time. So, you know, we don't have to bond over this one thing. We can have five things. I have travel, I have Spanish, I have voiceover, you know um, I have friends from college who I go see wherever they are. You know, if you like drinking, if you like sports, I don't drink by the way. But if you like sports, uh, you know, it's a like the number of things you can bond with with people is amazing. But when your whole life is kids, you basically have one.
2: I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I know there are people out there who have kids. One of my brothers, as I said, he has kids and he has all these interests that you're talking about. So we're not generalizing with everybody who doesn't have kids, where children are their lives. But there are a great deal, look, of us who, you know, make your life all about your kids because we're from the generation that were raised like that, Gen X, boomers, and I would even say some millennials, which you touched upon about the generational, because that's the way you were raised. You go in high school, you go to college, you meet somebody, you get married, and you have kids, and you die. That's what we were saying. Oh wow. Seeing. Yeah.
1: That sounded that sounded exciting.
2: <laughs> Didn't that sound thrilling? But that, that's a no. lot of people's lives. That's a lot of people's lives. So let's get into it. Let's talk about this term that you came up with. Let me make sure that I say the right thing. Because some people are thinking now, okay, so you decided not to have kids. You must be a really careful guy. But you decided to have a vasectomy. Tell everybody a little bit about what that is because there there are misconceptions out there that I think not so much women, but men believe. Can you tell us a little bit about your choice to have a vasectomy and maybe some of the misconceptions out there that some men just don't know?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm glad that you brought that up. You know, I always say to men, whether or not you're... Going to have children or not going to have children when you decide that you've had the maximum number of children that you want, whether it's zero or five. And I discourage people from having five, uh, to go ahead and have what I called in the book the man abortion. Right? That's the term that you were looking for, right?
2: I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna let him (laughs) say it.
0: (laughs) I love it, yeah. So I call it man (laughs) abortion.
1: I called it a man abortion because just like you know an uh, uh, actual abortion, they require you to have a driver when you go. So it's I you know you get everything snipped up, you know you're you're in good shape. I mean you're not you know too banged up or anything, but they still want you to have somebody who drives you there and and back home, right? So I, I jokingly called it a man abortion, but so. The way a vasectomy works is it's kind of like a filter. So if you imagine your, um, your, your sink at home, right, your faucet at home. So it's pouring out all this water. Now, you don't, a lot of people, most of us, I don't anyway, drink from the faucet, right? We don't drink water straight from the faucet. Why? Because the faucet has all kinds of impurities in it, lead, I mean, all kinds of things, right? So we get filtered water, but you can buy a filter for your faucet. What a vasectomy or man-abortion does, right?
2: <laughs> That's <term>, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> it's that filter for your faucet. So no impurities come out of the water when you turn the faucet on. But you can still turn the faucet on to maximum, and it just pours out the same way. You know, the hose, the hose is still like the same <laughs> hose that you got on the sink. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't, it doesn't stop. You know, pouring, and it, and you know, the hose, the hose on your on your sink, right? The the faucet, it just stays like this. You know, it's it, Some you know, some people have that hose that you pull out. And it's got the little, you know, flexible, whatever, whatever. You know what, Dan? But I guarantee guarantee you, right, that it only flexes if you want it to flex. It's not like involuntarily flexing because you got the filter on it. So that's what a man abortion is.
2: That's a great analogy, (laughs) by the way. I was wondering how you were going to put that out there. So if you don't mind me asking because I know you probably get asked this, did something happen where you were like, you know what? I'm going to get a vasectomy. If you don't mind me asking, like around what age yeah. were you be- out of college in college? Did something, ha- what happened day?
1: So I'm going to tell you, and and this is all in the book too, right? So there, there's a couple chapters in the book where I really discuss where it was like, Whoa. Okay. Yeah, no, we got to do this. Right. And, you know um i'm i'm a guy who has been very active in my life right um i've i i remember loving girls when i was you know 4 years old right so um you know it's it's just always been a part of me i'm you know i'm i'm jamaican american i can't help myself you know <laughs> and uh you know i i was a fertile guy right and i needed that filter in times when I didn't have the filter, I was, I was using regular tap, you know, and, um, yeah, there were, there were some incidents where the, where the, some of that lead leaked out. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and it required, you know, unfortunately, uh, real abortions. And so I, I talk about my story how it made me feel, the desperation that I felt in those incidents, Um, the selfishness that I had in those incidents where it was like me versus the woman, um, as opposed to us together, you know, making this decision where her feelings and emotions went one way and I was desperate to steer her, her feelings, emotions, and ultimately her decision the way that would favor me and i thought would favor her and definitely favor an innocent child right so it's it's very interesting um i i don't get too much into detail you know on the podcast but if you read it you'll be like oh <laughs> you know it's it's really jarring what happened to me uh, in those situations? Because it's it's definitely unlike most situations. That um, yeah, it's 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 unique. It's unique. It's unique. You learn some things. You learn some things about uh, abortion itself, and um, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> have, check you, have, it out.
2: Especially in the environment that we're in right now in this country, do you get any blowback? about your story and some of the things that you share in your book?
1: You know, there's always going to be, um, what they call the ops, right? There's always going to be the ops. There's always going to be people who are gonna, you know, criticize and everything like that. And again, most of those people are going to be, you know, men. Some of them are going to be women, um, who, who think that you're attacking their position because you decided to make a personal decision. Uh, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I listen, I didn't get to where I am in life worrying about what other people have to say.
0: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help.
1: You know, no one uh does the voiceover work for me when I'm sitting here for eight hours sometimes, you know, working. You know, nobody, only my clients put money in my pocket, but I, I work for that. So, you know, at any time that they want to talk about my personal business, then I'll fire them. <laughs> you know? I'm the boss over here. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, um, no, I don't, I don't worry about, you know, I have a saying, um, I don't make personal decisions based on discussion, debate, or democracy. So ultimately I decide because no one else gets a vote.
2: It's your life. No one it's else It's my should. life. Nope. Now, I don't know if you have a book handy in front of you.
1: I keep it, um, right in front of me. So you, You can't, it's got the, not for resale right in front of me, but I I have read my own book uh, multiple times, Falling Out Laughing. So one of the things that you got to know about this book, it's hilarious, right? So (laughs) I'm not just saying that. Go to Amazon, right? Go to childfreebook.com. It'll take you to the Amazon link and then look at what people are saying about the book, right? The number one thing that people say about this book is... It's funny, right? And that was intentional. Look, there's a whole bunch of things in life to be mad about, you know, uh January 6th, uh, you know, and and all kinds of things, right? And we're always fighting about these things. And we never take a time take a moment to laugh about these things. And I wanted to I wanted to laugh. I wanted to laugh at myself. I wanted to laugh at other people, I wanted to laugh at friends of mine. Uh, I wanted to laugh at scenarios and and then this book is also very well researched so in the in the time that we're laughing together i 'm also giving you very relevant information that should help you decide whether or not children are right for you if you haven't decided that already right so some of the some of the statistics of, like for instance you know it costs. About three hundred thousand dollars to raise a child before before college, right? And now college is super expensive, um, so that adds up to being between sixteen and eighteen thousand dollars a year. So, you know, I, I've heard people say, "Well, you don't have kids, so you don't get a tax credit. So, what you get four or five thousand dollars break." You're still like eleven, twelve thousand dollars in the hole that I don't have to spend, right? Like I'm still twelve thousand dollars ahead of you, right? Like so, like the math ain't mathing, homie. <laughs> you know? So um there there's a lot of things I talk about, you know, suicide rates um among people, you know, and who are dissatisfied that their parents brought them in, into the world. I talk about um Personality types, right? So we always think, oh, my kid's gonna be like a brain scientist one day. And then you get, you know, a kid that, you know, chops people up and eats their brains like oh Jeffrey Dahmer, right? No, well, there's a chapter in there called um, MLK versus Jeffrey Dahmer. And it's about the fact that we all think our kid is special and they're gonna be MLK but they might end up being just like Jeffrey Dahmer. Both of them were Americans who started off with someone having the American dream for them. Martin Luther's Kings was, you know, obviously a lot more challenging being African-American and growing up in that time, but he prevailed. But you had Jeffrey Dahmer who was, you know, um, killing other men you know and and having sex with their corpses and, and eating them and stuff like that right really bizarre stuff right and both of them are on the extreme ends of things but there's a reason why there's a word called average because most people end up being average right you take the top you take the bottom you take everything in the middle and most of us end up being average in the middle right and so your your great hopes for you know, greatness may end up just, not just may, but mathematically are most likely to end up in mediocrity.
2: Mm. That's disappointing. My daughter is not a part of that. (laughs) Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So You know, I don't know if anybody has told you, but a lot of times when women are together and we see these men, they're over 35 or over 40 and they're single and they don't have kids and it's kind of hard to figure out, you know, where they are because we can't put them in a box as usual. And so automatically we're like, well, there's something, there's got to be something wrong with him. He's crazy. How do you deal with that? Or have you had to?
1: You know, so, yeah, I'm, I'm the funny guy. Right. But I'm also I'm also the tough guy. Right. Like, so, you know, somewhere in between the two of them, um, I decide which one I want to show you at the moment. You want to see the tough guy? I'll show you the tough guy. If you want to see the funny guy, I will completely embarrass you with humor. Mm. Right. So I'm, I'm just not the guy that you want to want to pick with. Right. Um, cause I have, my, my brother asked me one day, we were in our twenties. He said, do you have a response for everything? I said, Yep. Yeah. <laughs> cause I do. <laughs> so, you know, um, of course that, that question is a little bit loaded, right? So one of the things that people, women might start wondering and, and guys want to try to make jokes about is, is he gay? Right. Oh, he he doesn't have kids, he, he, you know, he's not married, he must be gay. Nice. You know, Jay-Z said, men lie, women lie, numbers don't, okay? Trust me, the numbers are in my favor, right? The numbers show that, listen, I am a traditional, hardcore, old-school, Jamaican-American man, okay? So... There, there's no question about my sexuality. That's the first thing, you know. The other thing is, oh, maybe he's a player, right? Well, yeah. There was a time in my life that I was absolutely a player. Like, I, I had, I, I live in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> you know, like you know if 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 they're handing out fried chicken at publix everybody's gonna run and go get the fried chicken right atlanta is publix okay <laughs> so i ran in i got as much fried chicken as i can but you know there's a point where you're just like you yeah, know i really i really want to like eat at someplace really fancier than this you know so so i eat it fancy i i I eat at one fancier restaurant. Now I have an incredible girlfriend, um, in my life. And my hope is that, you know, one day she is Mrs. Dane Reed and, and she and I will talk about it and we'll, we mature together. She, she's simply amazing. She's simply amazing to me. So, um, I guess it doesn't matter what the other women are thinking about me. Right. Cause I got, I got one. I got a one. And that's all I need.
2: I know that's right. I got one. So you're yeah. ha- you're happy now. But have you yeah. in the past had women like, I'm gonna change him? He talking about he don't wanna have no kids. We gonna have some kids. Have you had that experience?
1: Yeah. Yeah, of course, of course. I've I've had girlfriends uh who wanted kids and I told them, hey, my last girlfriend, I actually told her, you know, if you want children, you probably shouldn't date the guy who absolutely doesn't want children. Um, and I, I talk about that in the book. I had a another girlfriend who was like, let's just have one. And uh, for a while, I was going along with that. But then when we broke up, I realized, thank goodness, because that wasn't my dream. That was her dream. And I think if you do something that goes against your values or your wishes, your desires to please somebody else, and this this is not just this topic, right? This is so many other things in a relationship. If you compromise yourself, you will never be happy in that relationship and you're going to regret it. And so many people compromise themselves. And um, I'm glad that I didn't, I didn't get to that point.
2: So I'm going to say a name and I want to hear the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Uh Look, look, Uh I've been sitting on this all day. I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna get him with this one. (laughs) Nick Cannon.
1: So here's what I'm gonna say. So Nick Cannon says he loves children. Okay. So he keeps having more and more children. All right. Now, if you have $1 in your pocket, right? That dollar means a lot to you because it has to do so much more to provide in your life right you have to spend that dollar wisely okay so you value that dollar more if you have a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or a million dollars right each one of those single dollars doesn't mean as much to you. You start splurging on things that you used to want back in the day, you know. And if you lose a hundred when you have a million, then it's no big deal. But if you have one and you lose 50 cents, it's a huge deal to you. So I say that in the terms of Nick Cannon. It's hard for someone who has that many children to value any one particular child. So let's say, for instance, he loses one of his children. His thinking is, well, I still got 11 more and I can still make more. But if you lose your one child and you have one or two children, that makes so much more of a difference because in their life, you valued them more. Nick Cannon values children but he doesn't value his individual child or each one of his his children in the same way that someone who has one or two. So, you know, if you have 100 cars, what's one? You know, if you have 10 houses, what's one? Right? You could lose one of those houses, no big deal. So
2: That's interesting. Not sure I agree with it but it's very well, interesting, okay. interesting I'll give, perspective.
1: I'll give you another scenario, okay? That may, that you may relate to. All right. So if your man has 3 women and you're one of the 3 women, right? Do you feel like you're as valued as if he only just had you? So Interesting.
2: Again, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it would probably well, depend on <laughs> What the role is, but you know. (laughs) But I I see where you're going with that. I see where you're going because a lot of people are like, well, if he can afford the kids, why should we care? But you made a valid point.
1: I have a question, right? So they've done studies on this and and the importance of fatherhood, right? And what people don't know is that hmm, from a From a practical standpoint in terms of growing children into adulthood and making them productive members of society they found that men are actually more important in the in child development than women are because men foster certain things in in children like structure and discipline and and things like that and those things are really important for when you decide to go out and get a job, an apartment, da-da-da-da, and you, you make your way through society, right? Well, Nick Cannon can afford to feed those children because he works all the time. But when is he actually there being a father? It's really difficult to do when you have 12. It's hard to do when you're working that much and you're you have one, but Nick Cannon. He let's say he works six days a week. He's got, I don't know, eight babies mothers, right? Right. How does how does he spend his Sunday with all eight all 12 kids in eight households? How does he do that? That all he's doing is paying for those kids. That's he's not being a father. He's paying for those kids
2: you make a valid point because i mean really if you think about it just in raw numbers and the amount of time there is in a day you can't right you cannot you know i i I think it's i mean i don't judge people but i think it's very strange and we kind of talked about this kind of selfish for the children Mm -hmm. because they didn't ask to be Mm -hmm. here And here they are. They may not know now because they're little, but as they get bigger, they're going to be like, well, what number am I? -hmm. How important am I in this equation? So you make a lot of really valid points, which is interesting. We're talking to author, voiceover actor, world traveler, Dane Reed, and his book is Forget Having Kids, I'm Having Fun. So what's fun for Dane?
1: Um. I, I love my job. I absolutely love my job. I'm a professional voice actor. Um, I am the radio imaging guy for, I don't even know how many stations at this point, well over like 30 stations. Um, I produce commercials for nightclubs, for tax offices. I've, I've produced probably like well over 10,000 commercials in my in my 19 years i i love what i do so even though i'm not a workaholic i always tell people i um i work to live i don't live to work but my job is actually pretty darn fun so that's one thing that i enjoy doing um i am a um what are they i'm a parent's boy, right? You know, there's mama's boys, there's daddy's boys. I'm a parent's boy. Right. Cause I love both of my parents equally. Um, and, and so I, I love, you know, communicating with my parents. I can do that. My brothers have a harder time keeping up with my parents because well, they have kids. kids. <laughs> there you go. So they, yeah. They're, they're tied up. You know, but um, I I talk to my parents a couple times a week. I enjoy those conversations. I I enjoy good conversations. You know, that that's something that I really enjoy. Like, you know, coming up with ideas with people, um, learning things from people. That all sounds like some nerd stuff, but it's cool. I'm a nerd, right? I'm good with that. And of course, you know, I love traveling. I love exploring. Um, you know, I, I do Latin America a lot. I just spent a month in, uh, Medellin, Colombia. And, uh, that was a lot of fun. There were, there were a lot of great brothers out there. You know, people think, oh, passport brothers, nah, like these brothers were like members of the community. They, you know, mostly Spanish speakers. I'm a Spanish speaker as well. Um, and they they integrate with the community. They know the culture, they know the people and they welcome other people, other brothers and sisters into um, their group. And, and that was really awesome to, to you know commune with people. Cause I'm gonna need that, right? I'm gonna need those friends cause I don't have kids. Cause you don't have kids.
2: <laughs> you don't yeah. be lonely so
1: you got a lot of friends
2: cause you don't have kids. You know what I love right. about you, and other than the visuals and the smile, it's the energy. You're unapologetic. This is, but it's it doesn't come off like, you know, well, you had kids in your life. I'm. Duh, 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 it's like this is how I feel. You make a humor out of it, but you're also able to share your perspective without bringing any kind of drama to it, and that's
1: refreshing. So. That's the reason why I named the book what it is, right? Forget having kids, I'm having fun. Like, I'm having fun, right? And I know a lot of parents who are absolutely not having fun. Um, I know some that are, but, you know, I'm having fun. And I'm going to reflect that wherever I go, whatever I do, whatever conversations I have, and and I'm going to do me. And that's just it. You know,
2: I love it. So let me ask you this: Do you have any empty nesters that you kind of, you know, are, are are like? How can I say? Are in the, in the same circle? Move around. And if you do, how, what's that conversation like? Because they had kids, yeah, but the kids are gone, so now they in fun zone with you.
1: You, it's interesting because I'm in that middle age group, right? Where some of my friends have kids that are in college, and then some of them have kids that are, you know, 10, and then some have kids that are grown. So it I have a bunch of different kinds of conversations. There's a chapter in my book called Everybody's Got a Friend Named Mike. And Mike is one of my best friends, and he's a single dad. Okay. He has four sons and he's raising 3 of them right now on his own. Actually, one of his sons is is older, um but he's autistic. So he'll be, you know, taking care of his son for the rest of his life. And Mike is my travel homie. Like literally today, I saw a deal for me and Mike for for me to go to Chile, Santiago Chile for 300 and like 30 bucks, okay? It's normally over $1,000. Right. And I right. called Mike and I was like, Mike, you wanna go to Chile in November, right? And he was like, how much is it? I said, 3.30. He said, book it, Dane, we're going, right? Now, I don't I don't know what kind of magic he's gotta do over there, right? <clears throat> you know, what kind of hocus-pocus he's gotta do to make his kids disappear for a week, but we're going. Y'all going. <laughs>
2: You and Mike going. (laughs) You and Mike going. Oof, we're going. That's what's up. Well, see, Mike got kids, but Mike can still have fun with Dane now. So he's kind of the exception.
1: That's right. Mike and I, this year, we've been to El Salvador. We've been to Berlin. We've been to Turkey. We've been to Poland and Czechoslovakia this year alone, Right and Mike has also been to, to Haiti and a couple other places on his own. I've been to a couple countries on my own, but Mike and I we get together a couple times a year. I don't know how he figures it out. You know, um he just manufactures a babysitter somehow, <laughs> right? But he's on Mike this trip. He signed up. That's right. Mike is a magician, okay? And we're going to we're going to Santiago, Chile. Right. Wow. In in November.
2: Well, get some sun for so me, I dang. That sounds a bomb.
1: So I have conversations with different people and, you know, de- depending on their situation and how they can make it work. Some of it depends on like what kind of uh, social support groups that they have. Not everyone has the same. And um, and what kind of determination you have as well. And so I, I have a whole bunch of different conversations. But my friends, my friends for the most part are super cool. Like, obviously, because they're my friends. I wouldn't mess with them if, right. if they weren't cool, right? Because right. I'm cool. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. So they understand that I've never had the vision of living a normal life, the regular life, the picket fence life, um, you know, the, you know, go to, get stuck in traffic, go to work, mad at your boss, you know, but you got to keep working here life. I've never had that vision because to me, that always seemed too much like bondage and, um, that's not what I want. I always wanted, since I was a very young child, I always wanted freedom. I always wanted to make my own decisions. Um, you know, I, I thought that I knew better than my parents back then. And in hindsight, yeah, I I did actually.
2: (laughs) You did. Before I wrap this up, I have to know what is one of your favorite places that you've visited being the world traveler that you are?
1: Uh, wow, this is tough. So people ask me this question all the time, literally all the time. So when I was a kid and we were doing, you know, geography class and social studies, I, and I learned about two places. I said, I always wanted to go to these two places. And those two places were Australia and China. And so I've been to both Australia and China and they're both really fascinating places. And they're both very, very, very unique places. But I can tell you um, some of the greatest experiences that I've had, um, you know, have happened in different places. I've gotten a chance to see the Northern Lights in Alaska. Mm. Um, I, obviously, I've seen the Great Wall of China. I've seen five of the eight great wonders of the world. I just saw the pyramids this year. Um, You know, I have been in deserts. uh, I've been in igloos. uh, I've been caught in sandstorms. Wow, just like so much, so much. So it's not, it doesn't necessarily come down to a single place. It comes down to a bunch of really great experiences that I've gotten a chance to share with some really great people. And so what I always tell people when you decide to travel or when you're you're traveling, uh, the first thing that you want to do is chase the discounts. And the second thing that you want to do is bring great people along. Because if you're not meeting great people where you're going or you're not bringing great people with you to share those experiences, then it doesn't matter what place you're going to. Interesting. So the single mm-hmm.
2: traveler, you don't think they can have the same experiences traveling with someone? Yeah, no,
1: no mm. they, they can. They can, but they have to be open to meeting people along the adventure. I see. I see.
2: All right, so someone's listening right now. They're like, man, I'm feeling this brother. I'm all about what he's pushed. How can they get Forget Having Kids? I'm having fun. Where can you find this book? Because you know I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it.
1: We got, focus. What up do we got the focus. The we got the focus. With the arms. Um, Forget Having Kids. Well, first of all, you know, you can Google anything, right? And then secondly, um, child free book. Three words, childfreebook.com. Easy to remember. It'll take you right to the Amazon page, childfreebook.com. And and that's where you um, that's where your adventure starts. And also, too, here's um here's another thing. If you're one of those people who's like, gosh, that seems really interesting, but I'm not really a reader. That's cool. I'm a professional voice actor. Of course, I did my you own audiobook.
2: You are on it, bro. Of course Download you did. Download the audio book.
1: Come That's on, you can, listen to me. you can listen to me for six hours, in the car, while your kids are in the back, you know, um, spilling popsicle juice all over the back seat and stuff. You just put that in and just drown them out and they can have a fit and destroy your backseat and then you know or you can listen to it while you're in the um in the car line you know about to pick them up right. or drop them right. off whatever okay i did the audiobook childfreebook.com
2: i love it i okay. love it man it's been a pleasure talking to you i wasn't really quite sure i'm like well where is he going to be going with this whole idea, I don't have kids. But you know what? I say this each and every time I have an opportunity to meet someone that I normally wouldn't. Um, I'm always pleasantly surprised. And this has just been a wonderful conversation, not only because of the subject matter, but just the way you deliver it. Of course, your voice is butter, of course. (laughs) And I just wish (laughs) you continued success. Where can somebody find you on social media?
1: Yeah, I'm all over. Um, well, not all over, because I, I don't do TikTok. But you can find me on Instagram, actually. You can either go to the Forget Having Kids, I'm Having Fun um, Instagram page. It's just like that, minus the apostrophes. Or you can find me at Dane underscore Reed. That's where, you know, you'll see, like, travel stuff from me. Um, You'll see some of my crazy ideas. Um, You know, if... if You know, I'm over there making fun of uh, Giuliani and Trump, (laughs) you know, I'm reposting memes and stuff, you know, and, um, and, and debating people about stuff and I'm over there having fun. I never really take it personally, honestly. Um, I just, I'm just there, you know, I'm here for a good time, but it's a short time. So I'm going to enjoy my life and, and that's where you're going to find me. You want to join me.
2: Ain't that And potential. we can all have some fun. life is too First. short. You got to have fun, man. You got to enjoy it. Yeah. And I hope that people will leave with that in mind because the world is just off the chain. There's a lot going on. Folks are out of order. So you got to listen to this message from Dane, live your life and have some fun. It's been a, a a pleasure talking to you and I wish you continued
1: success and have some fun for me. I'll tell you how I'll let you know how um how chile is please
2: do because I want to see the pictures and you can find you said you can find your pictures of all the places on that Dane
1: yeah
2: I'm gonna check it yeah. out
1: Dane underscore read is where you can find me on Instagram D A N E underscore R E I D but definitely pick up the book at childfreebook.com and then come over there and talk talk to me about it and I can you know the thing about my Instagram page is it's actual proof that I'm having fun, right? So.
2: (laughs) They'd be like, he talking all that mess. He ain't having fun. Boom, Instagram. (laughs) You having a ball. I'm having fun. Watching you have fun. Living vicariously through your fun. Dane, I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for making time for the Olivia Fox podcast. That's gonna do it for me. We will talk again soon.
1: The Olivia Fox podcast is produced and hosted by Olivia Fox. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Olivia Fox podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, comment, and rate. Follow Olivia Fox on IG at Olivia Fox Radio. Follow the Mean Oline line Media Podcast Network at Mean Oline line Media. Get the Mean Oline Media app in the App Store or on Google Play. The Olivia Fox Podcast is a Mean O-Line Media production.
0: You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement.